shut up and sit down. Welcome to the Health and Wealth Podcast with your hosts, Tim and Carter. What's trending in Richards? Carter Wilcoxon, founder of CSI Financial Group here with my co-host and former wealth advisor, Tim James, founder of chemicalfreebody.com and your new health advisor. This is the show where we reveal the connection between physical and financial abundance. Hey, welcome back in Richards. Carter Wilcoxon here, joined by my esteemed co-host, Mr. Chemical Free Body himself, Tim James, coming in from uh, cool Portland, Oregon right now. Right, Tim? It's overcast. It's rainy. And yeah, it's been around 44 degrees, which is pretty cool for around here. Uh, we got some snow up on Mount Hood. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, I'd probably like to take my kids and go up there and maybe do some snowboarding or something or sledding or snowshoeing yeah. or build Snow- a snowman. Wait a second. You do snowshoeing? Are you serious? Yeah, I did that last year. That was a lot of fun. Oh, wow. I thought that was just something I saw in uh, cartoons growing up on Saturday mornings. No, dude, there was a ton of people up there snowshoeing. It was like, what? I mean, you got to get up there early to get parking in the parking lots. It's crazy in some of these places. Wow. Well, it's just uh, too many people. We're having, I mean, we're having like 400 kids and it's just like 7 billion people. When's it going to stop? We're going to 14 billion and 21 trillion. You know, it's just like, you know, I thought about that, but I was thinking about that not too long ago. It's like we keep just growing and expanding as a species. And normally in nature, like, you know, back home, if there's a whole bunch of mice and stuff, right, then there are more hawks. And then the hawks eat up all the mice. There's not so many mice. And then, some of the hawks starve off, so it kind of keeps everything in balance. I don't know. We have to really think about that. You know, what are we doing um, as far as keeping in balance with nature? And I think that's uh, one of the reasons we have a lot of problems today. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, speaking of keeping in balance with nature, I I just got back from finishing up a uh, weekend of uh, 54 holes of golf in my member-member golf tournament. And uh, so balancing out the perfect weather, it was like 72 degrees and – gorgeous and i know that my hour two guest today which by the way enrichers i'm very excited about our guest today simply because this is the first time on the health and wealth podcast show and again welcome back that we have two guests speaking um they're they're co-founders uh of um their their company that we're going to be talking about here momentarily so i think noble co noble co yes it's very exciting because they just launched not too long ago, and uh, they get to be our very first co-guest on the Health and Wealth Podcast. Ooh. So, so uh, Marty McLeish and Stephanie Murphy, welcome to the Health and Wealth Podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah, we're excited to be here. So I'm glad to be the, the first for something. <laughs> so we're, we're here. This is great. <laughs> well, we, we are super excited to have you here and everything. And, uh, you know, Marty, I'm going to start with you simply because... We know each other from a former life, and we started talking uh, basically because I think I commented something on one of your LinkedIn posts and everything, and then you reached out to me, and I didn't realize that we had known each other from you know the whole IMO, FMO world, and then you shared with me that you were starting your business development coaching. I, you're going to get a chance to share that with the enrichers what it is that the two of you are doing and everything, but... Um, you know, let's let's get started with you, if you don't mind, and talk a little bit about how we knew each other in the industry and what you probably both came to realize what was missing and needed out there when it comes to refining your business as a, a financial advisor. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we go way back. Um, you know, I started in the in the IMO world back in 2002. Um, right out of right out of college, and uh, I was in uh, working with one FMO for almost 13 years. So, uh, in and out of advisors' offices over those 13 years, um, you know, as you know, Carter, a, a big part of that was you know helping out with case design and things like that. But a, another big piece of that was working with their operations. Um, helping them with, you know, different marketing opportunities, introducing them to um, educational workshops, because that's when back then, that's when all of that was first getting started and um, moving into those types of things. So really, that's where my um, my passion for working with directly with the advisor started. And, uh, you know, towards the end of my time at the FMO um, I was at, I really 
started exploring their staff, the advisor staff, and really saying, how can we, how can we have the staff work um, more efficiently for the advisor to really kind of take him out of the day-to-day -day or take her out of the day-to-day and allow for um, them to kind of own the clients once they become clients. And we did some work towards that and I and it was really great except for the problem was I'd never been on the other side. I'd never been an advisor myself. I didn't have that experience to say, it's just enough enough knowledge to, to really feel comfortable in telling you know, this, this staff what to do. Um, so after leave, after being in the IMO world, I you know went on and you know I've had my own practice, worked with another number of other advisors as well. Um, but once I got that experience to understand, okay, this is what it's like. I mean, this is it's a it's a lot, right? I mean, it's a it's a lot to to just sit down and talk to somebody about their finances, let alone running the whole business um, behind the scenes. So that's really where my passion came from because it's like. We've got a lot of great people, great advisors, great insurance agents out there doing the right thing, trying to help their clients um, build their retirement plans. It's like, let's let them do what they do best and help run the practice and kind of steer the ship, if you will. Yeah. So that, yeah. That's yeah. Where we're no, and, and, and that's awesome. So um, I'm, I'm always interested because I know my story and how I got into this industry is really crazy in fact i was just sharing it with with a uh with one of my uh, new vendors today that happened to have the same name as the guy and his name's dane i said you know it's funny that you know we're talking about the future and what it is that we're going to be doing together potentially but it all started with a guy by the name of dane and he was like well what do you mean i said well so i met the guy who brought me into the industry because i was his caddy at a private country club um, and we know who we're talking about. I, I think Ron Schertz, who brought me into the business. And I said, the caddy that normally caddy for him didn't show up that morning. So I got the loop. And that's how we're even having the health and wealth podcast show today. So, so it's interesting. So I'm curious. Mark, I think we might have to change our name, Carter, to the health and wealth and golf podcast. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, uh, so, Marty, I'm I'm actually interested in how did you even get into the financial services slash IMO world and in, in, uh, in the first place? Yeah, a thousand percent by accident. I had no idea what I was signing up for. The name of the the company had marketing in the title. I just graduated with a degree in uh, in management with a minor in marketing. I was like, well, this this has got to be it. Yeah. And I'm I'm in. And I, you know, I went in and met and it was, you know, when you're 21 years old, it's like you have this vision for what you're, if, especially if you're in business, you have this vision for what your career is going to look like. And, and, you know, to start in a, in a high rise building and, you know, and they're going to bring me in as um, a manager right out of college. I'm like, yeah. And, it was really quickly after that. And so the firm I worked for was a long-term care shop to, to start. And really within the first year is when long-term care kind of like, you know, went off the deep end um, and they brought in annuities. And so I was on the, the kind of the forefront of that new venture within the firm. And that just, I just took to, to that, to that product line, took to the training and, uh, and that, you know, it was around that point when I realized, oh, this is what we, this is what we do. You know, this is, I'm working with financial advisors and insurance agents. Okay. This makes sense. And then I really just, I fell in love with it. And it's, you know, funny to say, but you know, I, I don't, I didn't go to bed dreaming at night as a child that I was going to work for an IMO when I graduated college. But it all hey guys, out. I think most people listening, sorry to cut you off, but the most people listening know what an IMO is, but for those that don't, could you shed some light on that? Because is that does that stand for the International Maritime Organization? What is that? Insurance Marketing Organization, not to be confused with FMO, Field Marketing Organization. So right. they, they go by a, a number of different acronyms, but it's the, it's I, the IMO, GMO, Genetically Modified Organism, and FMO. No, those are, GMOs <laughs> are bad, right? <laughs> GMOs are bad. Okay, that's good. You guys know that. That's great. Okay, continue, please. Yeah, so that's that's kind of how I fell into the IMO world. Yeah, so um, obviously, you know, Stephanie Murphy, uh, we're just now getting a chance to meet one another. I know, I know, Marty has spoken a lot about her business, 
partner and everything. So this is our first chance to get to get to know one another. And our enrichers are going to get to learn about you at the same time. So, you know, kind of sort of the same question going back to like, how did you stumble? Because that's almost like across the board how it normally works, right? You just stumbled into this business. You, you don't even know it exists, like whenever you're going to school or, or whatever. And uh, I know for me, it was complicated to explain to other people when they would ask me, so what do you do? <laughs> I'm like, that's a great question. Like, I, how do I even answer that question? So anyway, Stephanie, if you don't mind, you know, you know, share a little bit like what like Marty did about how you got your beginnings into the uh, IMO FMO world. Yeah, you bet. Um, you know, it's a it's a funny story, too, because um, similar to Marty, I started or I had a degree in um, business with my minor in marketing. And so I was actually uh, in my final year of school. And I remember saying like, oh, gosh, I need a, an internship. And I had remembered that my dentist office, which also employed my aunt and my other aunt. So one was a hygienist and one ran the front desk they used to get the mail for this marketing company that was upstairs from them who happened to be the same one that Marty had started with. And so I reached out to my aunt and I said, Hey, remember that marketing company that used to be there? Um, do you know anybody there? And so she reached out. And then next thing I know, I had an interview uh, to start as an intern. And I came in, we had a brand new president and I came in as an intern and an executive assistant to the president. Um, and it was a, it was really interesting because I was doing this very high level work at a very, very young age and trying to figure, figure out like, what is my space here? What exactly am I doing? Right. All I remember is just like copying these numbers up on the board to show like what our annuity numbers were. And I, I mean, that was part of my job. And uh, that quickly advanced into helping in, in the HR space and then getting into the hiring space. And then I started doing comp work for all of our new marketers coming in. And that just kept expanding from there. So I spent 10 years in that space, same company as Marty did. That's where we met. Um, and I literally did every single job. So as I, I started as an executive assistant, moved into HR, um, then took on a sales role inside of annuities because that was growing and I had had some ideas about it. So they said, hey, let's put you in there. Uh, went from the sale from annuity sales to running our life department, from life department to uh, running our marketing. Then I took a three month break and had my first child. I now have four. Um, and I took, took a break and came back and started running our operations. And then under that operations, I had all of our um, our team's rolling up through me. And at the same time, we were launching an RIA. So we worked on that whole process. So it was just, everything was just like trial by fire. Um, and so finally, I was I got really involved in a tool that we had used called the Predictive Index. And so we brought Predictive Index in, I think, actually, after Sure West had we had we had gotten that and I I got trained in that. I got really excited about it um, and then had the opportunity to go and consult with that. So I left the direct IMO world um, and went out and started doing consulting in the predictive index space. And so still worked with um, my previous company. And I always make the jokes because I said, you know, they still get all my brains, but they don't have to pay my benefits. And uh, so still work with them as well as multiple other companies. So now I... Um, for the last 10 years, I've been consulting business owners and leaders, everything from two people startups um, and some financial advisories um, to Fortune 100 companies. And so kind of fast forward into to where Marty and I are now, um, she came to me and she said, you know, I really feel like this is a missing element. And I said, I agree. I, I think that there's this space inside of the world where we spend so much time educating the advisors and the um, insurance agents, getting them up to speed, but there's just this missing piece in helping to make sure that their operations are up and running. And she had this brilliant idea that I said, yes, I would love to support. And the more we started doing it, we said, oh my gosh, there's so much opportunity here. 
people are struggling. People are are they they're struggling with with stress and with anxiety. They're not sure if they want to grow. They're not sure if they want to do these things, and they don't want to do all the stuff. They want to do what they do best, and that's you know serve clients and create strategies that are going to make a difference for the clients that they have. So we decided to partner this year and launch Noble Co in June of this year, and. Um, it's been taken off and we're really excited to be here and talking about the work that we do because it really is a passion project for us and are so thrilled to be launching this together, obviously. Yeah, that's, uh, that's all. Go ahead, Tim. It looks like you're going to say something. I was just going to say, that's really cool. I just, it's, I can see why you guys had them on. Um, it seems like their values are right in line with what you're doing, Carter. So, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. And, uh, and, and I know we're getting ready to go to a, a commercial break and, uh, I know whenever we, we come back, we're going to get more into specifically what you guys are doing now that you've launched since June, but whenever Marty and I first, uh, reconnected and, because we've been in the same industry for a couple of decades, it, you know, now almost, um, the, the alignment was there, Tim. That's exactly what it was. She, I think she appreciated what it was that we were trying to do to obviously make our industry, you know, better, make the advisors that we work with better, help them to uh, win what I call the relationship war that's being waged day in and day out with those 10 to 11,000 baby boomers a day that are retiring over the next 15 years. And, you know, how do you get your you know, market share? How do you win those uh, those clients over and everything? And, and they need a team of supportive people that can help them and they can't do everything. So yeah, there was a lot of alignment from the get go. And, and, um, and I, I think I recognize that with what they were trying to accomplish and vice versa. So it was a no brainer to have, you know, Marty and obviously now Stephanie on the, uh, on the podcast today. Yeah, that's really cool. So we'll take a quick break and when we get back, we'll get more into Marty and Stephanie's journey into noble Cult and what those guys do over there to help advisors take their businesses to the stratosphere stress-free. We'll be right back. Estate planning, what does that even mean? When the inevitable happens for everyone on this planet, your estate plan kicks into action. But first, let's start with what an estate is. An estate is simply everything you own. Now, here's the issue and what needs to be understood when this event occurs. You only have two choices on this plan. Number one, either you plan how your estate gets handed out and distributed to those you leave behind. Or number two, your state decides who gets everything you own. For the first time ever, you can now take complete and total control of this plan that you've been deprived of for most of your life and generations before you. You can get personalized assistance along the way with a team of specialists whose job it is to make sure you have true peace of mind. It's important to understand that estate planning is a journey and rest assured that our team will be available to you all along the way and at every step. Welcome to eState Plan, home of the last estate plan you'll ever need. To learn more, make sure to reach out to your local advisor licensed with us or go to our website for more information. What's up, Enrichers? Tim James here. I'm back with my co-host, Carter Wilcoxon. Today in the house, we have two people, Marty and Stephanie from Noble Co. So one of you, uh, I think Marty went first last time. So Stephanie, you can go first this time. We'll switch it around. So in just sum it up. What is Noble Co.? What do you guys do? And um, how are you helping advisors out there? Yeah, I love it. Um, so Noble Co. is a consultancy that helps advisors create a more stress-free practice. And what we do is we bring both qualitative and quantitative insights. So that means we're going to do eyes on research or eyes on questioning, working within um, the firm, as well as doing surveys and qualitative things that are going to help us understand what's happening within the business to help direct an advisor on how they can create a more effective and efficient practice. Um, ultimately, our job and what we feel like all the time is to bring more fun more freedom and more financial fulfillment to our advisors and to their staff. So we want to help create alignment around the work that they're doing and ensure that it's, that they're having a lot of fun with it. So that's the kind of big picture of what we do. Uh, Marty, anything you want to add to that? 
Well, I'll let me ask this question actually, because because what I was going to do, and I'll let you add to it first, but then what I'm going to also ask you, Marty, is who are those like ideal kind of candidates? Like who do you help the most? Uh, as well as expand on pot on what Stephanie just said. Yeah. So in expanding, I'll be able to answer that question, um, Carter. So really the folks, folks that are in the business that are looking for growth to hit that next level. So, you know, somebody that's been in the business, I think about a number of our recent clients, they've been in the business for, you know, 10, 15 years. They kind of feel like they've, they've reached this, you know, capacity as far as business goes. Um, but they don't know why. So maybe it's because, uh, they, they, they're, they're doing too much. They just don't feel like they have the time. Maybe they, they aren't sure what the next step is. What do I do as far as marketing? I don't know how to generate new business. Um, but it's also for somebody that's looking for succession planning. So somebody that's looking, um, it maybe, you know, I say both they're looking and maybe they're not looking, but they need to be looking for succession planning. I mean, it all kind of, um, is, is rolled up into one, but, that person or that advisor that just um, just isn't sure they they know they're capable of growth they know they're capable of more um, they see what their peers are doing but they just don't know what the next steps are and so that's when our first you know our first step is to really understand you know where they've been where they're trying to go what are their goals really evaluate who their their staff is um, efficiencies um, or lack thereof within the practice and see what is bottlenecking this. What is preventing you from, you know, having this um, this growth that you're looking for? I think back to somebody um, we spoke with just recently that said, you know, I have three kids. They're all either in college or out of college on their own now, and I'm ready for that next step. I'm ready to devote all my time to my practice and really grow. But I don't feel like I can do anymore. I feel like I'm, you know, I'm I'm here 12 hours a day. I don't feel like I can. I don't know what else to do. And so those are the folks that we can come in and really kind of, you know, help, whether it's um, working with operations and, and the people within the firm and identifying, um, you know, processes and systems uh, so that they can follow those systems, pull the advisor out of it um, and go to that next step. We also get a lot of uh, folks reaching out saying, hey, I'm looking for a director of operations or I'm looking for a chief of staff. And what we, what our message is, you might need to, it depends on who we're talking to and what the practice looks like. But in many cases, we're able to go into these firms and say, hey, if we just put together a few of these systems and processes and align your staff and do a little bit of training over here, um, we can free up your time, but we can allow for you to have your, your either the staff that you have now, maybe bring on a mid-level manager to take care of like implementing some of these things, but we can save you a lot of money from hiring somebody over the next 10, 15 years at a six-figure salary. So that's, that's, those are our kind of our sweet spots. Nice. So um, just out of curiosity, because obviously, you know, we are in that uh, wholesale insurance world and everything are, is your identified uh, targeted audience, more of the insurance advisor that are sort of like solo out there, or are you looking for more of the like a registered rep, RIA type that might have two or three administrative staff people and maybe some sub advisors and stuff like that, or, um, you know, everywhere in between. And yeah, I, I guess, that, I, guess that, I, I was about to say, I guess that question is for anybody that wants to answer it. Yeah, I'll answer that because because it really is um, it it really is both. I mean, and, and we have a lot of clients who, who run in different kind of circles. Uh, but basically, if you have a staff or you're considering bringing on a staff, if you're getting to this point where you're asking yourself this question of like, I don't know if I want to grow anymore because I just don't want any more stress. I don't want the work for it, or I think I need somebody to come in and do it. And you're just wishing that you could hire this person, which we all know hiring is so difficult right now as it is, but I wish that I could just hire this person to like take this stress off of me, then we're the right fit for that organization. And so we understand the financial space, but we also understand just the business operations space. So it allows us to expand a lot across multiple different um, arenas. But I would say that if you are an independent agent um, in the insurance world, you have one to two people who are working for you and you're asking yourself, how do I do more? How do I create more space for myself? And, and how do I have more fun in the work that I'm doing? 
that's the right fit. If you are a registered rep, and even if you've got people, maybe some juniors that are working underneath you, and you're just wondering, are you getting the most out of the people that you have? It's our job ultimately to help us understand how do we get each person working at their highest point of contribution? So that's even our advisors. And it's so funny because so often Marty and I will go in um, to these offices and we one of the things that we ask people to assess is what is their dollar per hour value, right? And as an advisor, you're looking at somewhere between $150 to $500 an hour is what your dollar per hour value is. And when you really start to evaluate the kind of work that you're doing, like how much of that work is really at that you know, $150, $250 work, so much of their work is spent in that $15 to $20 an hour space, prepping documents, creating the things that they need, doing their client follow-up, you know, things where every single marketing idea has to come from their own brain in real time. There's no systems put in place. And ultimately, if we don't have those systems, we cannot leverage things and grow. So if, I, I would say that it really does run the gamut. But and what we found is kind of the sweet spot is um, an, is an independent uh, business owner, a firm owner that has somewhere between two to four staff members um, or is looking to add some of those. Maybe you're asking yourself the question, should I add staff and what kind of staff do I need to add? We can help you evaluate that and make sure that you get the right person inside of your your firm. Yeah. So um, so Marty, the. The traditional challenge that, you know, as in the IMO world that you have with insurance advisors are their hesitancy or their fear of technology and systems and processes in the first place, right? I mean, you, you said it perfectly earlier uh, that, you know, you want to allow them to just do what they do best, right? Which is relationship build and just, you know, sell more or advise more, whatever it is that you want to, the way you want to look at that. So, what types of challenges have you seen helping them overcome the fear of adding a technology and helping the efficiency because they're so afraid of learning like new stuff because they've just been doing it a certain way for so long? Great question. So, um, you know, I would say that a few of the things are negotiable and, and then there's some non-negotiable items. There's some things that you're just going to have to bite the bullet and adapt to. Um, but there's some things that that's what makes Noble Co. a little bit unique is that we're working with the um, firms on an individual basis. So we're we're in the firms and we're understanding, you know, what makes you feel warm and fuzzy or what things really you don't you, you know, detest. Um, and, and we understand that. So we'll help you with these systems based around those um, those items. So um, I just got finished working with somebody that has like 100 checklists for everything. I mean, he has a, a checklist for every, that those are his systems. So, you know, in the morning when you come in, the checklist of opening the blinds and, you know, doing all this stuff, like that's the checklist, empty the dishwasher, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that that works for him. But, and, and so the conversation that we have with with him about this is that the goal is to remove you from all this, right? So you don't have to do any of it anyway. So it's okay that that makes you feel good, but you don't have to use those checklists anyway. Your your team is gonna are the ones that are going to need these processes. So you know, working with them on um, on you know what works best within the systems that they have. Um, multiple software that's one that we run into all the time is software that doesn't speak to each other, and that's. I mean, that's just a, it's a bottleneck in and of itself when you have to just duplicate information into multiple systems. So a lot of the, the stuff isn't necessarily that um, advisors, they think it's a lot harder than it is, right? So we have these solutions and being around for two decades in this business and having these relationships with different firms and insurance carriers and whatever it is. Um, we know about some of these things that maybe while you're in the day-to-day -day of running your practice, you're not privy to, or it, it's not brought to your attention. So we like to be able to bring those things in and say, hey, did you know, you know, this CRM allows you to, um, you know, go into your e-money accounts and allows you to kind of have those, they, those two things can speak to each other. So we do um, bring in suggestions like that. Um, you know, social media marketing, you know, marketing, when we talk about practice management, marketing is one of the, you know, the pillars within um, practice management. And it's also what's going to make your practice sellable eventually. 
you know, if you have a good marketing system down, if you have a, a good online presence, a good social presence, um, that just adds to the value of it. Um, so, you know, we talked to, it's, you know, it's, I think it's just reframing a little bit of the way that folks think about some of these um, digital tools um, and allowing them to see really what the, what they're good for. Yes, it can be a hassle. And there's so many, I mean, nowadays there's so many companies that'll do it all for you. I mean, you can just set it and forget it and not really have, you know, too much to do with it. So, so um, Stephanie, our, I, I've been saying this, you know, for, for quite some time now, um, sort of piggybacking off of what Marty was, was just talking about. Do you kind of sort of feel like the ideal advisors are those who are so busy working in their business, they don't have time to work on their business, and you guys are here to kind of help them on integrations and being able to become more efficient? And obviously, that takes away a lot of stress, and I know that advisors – on a regular basis, especially those who are performance-based, aka you eat what you kill, right? Um, is is that really what it is that is the thing that you can help bring to the table for them? Yeah, but you know, I think it, the very first thing, Carter, that we have to start with is awareness, because there's so many people that are not even aware how much time they're spending in their business as opposed to on their business. And so a big part of what we do is change management, right? I mean, we have to think about how people change, how they adapt to the kind of work that they do. And for the last 10 years, that's what I have been doing is working with organizations on what change management looks like. So we, we do have like the technical aspects of change, all the stuff that Marty's talking about, it's the systems and the processes, how things speak to each other, how people interact with each other. But then there's the adaptive piece of it. And that's oftentimes what, what gets in the way. It's like our feelings, our perceptions, our habits, our beliefs, all of those things can, can really, really um, create problems for us and roadblocks in really making changes. So we do have to meet people where they are and understand, you know, what are the things that you enjoy? So we have an, a, an advisor that we work with who really loves looking at spreadsheets and getting into the data. Right. So that's something he doesn't want to give up. And so when we talk about like that's an efficiency point or an inefficiency point, what we're ultimately doing when we say, hey, we got to change this is we're we're taking away some level of confidence for him. And we have to really be respectful of that and understand how do we work within these systems that people do have? What are the things that they do want to bring into place? Um, and then we want to help them get to that place because I want you to be doing 250 to 500 dollar an hour work i don't want you doing 15 to 20 dollar an hour work because you don't have the level of trust or you don't feel like people understand your business the way that you need them to so what we do is really a, we're a liaison between the advisor or the insurance agent and his team to really help build them up build capacity and ensure that ultimately everything is working towards that advisor so we understand it's it's bespoke for every client that we work with because of that fact, because we do have different personalities, different needs, different things that drive us. Um, and we certainly want to help them understand that, but it is, it's that awareness piece of like defining that. Cause I think that to one of the things we always say is we all work to maximum energy, right? We get up and, and we have a certain level of energy and we expend that energy all day. Um, but we don't always work to maximum efficiency. And so we want to help you understand what that actually looks like and bringing that point of awareness um, is, is the first part. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. This is 20 years of, of industry experience I'm getting ready to share, but, um, you know, the advisors that we work with, I think the biggest thing where they get in their own way um, is they're just control freaks, right? They're just like, no one can do it as good as I can do it. So then they take on all of these things that what what that I'm stealing this phrase. One of my my buddies used to say this, cutting your own grass, right? Like that's so below your pay grade to be cutting your own grass. So instead of like understanding that, hey, just pay somebody to do that. They're so they're such control freaks in a lot of instances that they do that stuff that's below their pay grade. And what it sounds like that you guys are really trying to accomplish is helping them understand that in order to be efficient, you have to give your other staff 
the, the tools and the trust to be able to do the things that you know are going to get done. And ultimately, that's going to give you more time to enjoy that work balance, uh, you know, that you, you know, work life balance that you're trying to accomplish. So, so Marty, do you want to talk on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I a, a, a thousand percent agree. And, and, and that's, and again, um, you know, as Stephanie just said, it's, it's a very, um, bespoke relationship. So if we come in and sit down with somebody, our, our first step is to sit down with an advisor and talk, I mean, sometimes three hours to really get to know the advisor and really understand um, what makes them tick, why they got in the business in the first place, um, how it's changed over time, what things are getting in their way. I mean, aside from, you know, big things like regulation and, um, you know, industry stuff, you know, I, you, you have a family now and, you know, what does that time, that, that time look like? And we're really just trying to understand the advisor. So in that first meeting, we're understanding what their goal is. And sometimes it's like, hey, I've got a young kid at home and I cannot be working 12 hour days, six days a week. I need to spend more time with my family. Um, sometimes it's, I want to grow my business. Like I said, the, the gentleman that's three kids are in college and he just, now's his time. He, he feels like this is the time I really want to dedicate. So it's really understanding what is most important. And then we kind of work into that. And really all the things that we do and that we accomplish with, with a, with a client can free up that time. So you can do whatever you want with it. I mean, it, it really but to bring it back um, and, and we remind them as we go through the process of, well, remember you said that this, this is what's really important for you, you know, to you. So if we're able to, to do that by setting up these processes and um, hiring a new, um, a new staff member or moving some people around and this accomplishes that goal, I mean, that's, that's what we're trying to do, right? So um, it really just depends on the advisor and, and what, their, what their goal is. So do you do the two of you, because in my, when I keep hearing the, the two of you talk, it sounds like you're actually in these advisors offices. Now, is that virtually you're in these advisors offices or are you physically traveling to wherever and going in that way you can see what the, I don't know, maybe the culture's like, or, you know, the organization or lack thereof is. Um, so you know, Stephanie, is, is that, am I hearing that right? Yeah, so there's really multiple aspects to our process, and so we have we do have a, a virtual uh, portion of it where we can do things virtually, like via Zoom. We'll do interviews, staff interviews, and things like that. Um, but that's all of our like qualitative and quantitative intake. So think about it as like an insights and intake. Um, time period where we're getting to understand and, and really hear what's going on within the practice. Um, and then we do an in-office immersion where we actually do spend um, physical time in the office. And it's a critical part of what we do. And during that time, we are evaluating everything from client experience. Like, what does it feel like to come up to your office? Did I get uh, communication? Did, am I walking into a space that feels open? How am I greeted? What does that look like? Um, to watching how people work, how they interact, and uh, looking at all of the elements of what, we, what we're uh, walking through. We also have um, an advisor take us through a, like a mock sales process, not necessarily their specific sales, but what does the process look like? Um, what do they have in front of them? Where do they sit? How do they project things? What does this look like for them? So we do spend that time and then we will give back our observation. So the first part of it is again, our insights and intake and that can be done virtually. And then we go in, in the office and that's helping to validate and really start to um, uncover things that maybe the staff and the advisor aren't seeing. Um, so, so often that's the case, right? You're in the business all the time. You have no idea what it feels like from an outside perspective. Yeah. And so and we're helping them really kind of understand that. So yes, big part of what we do is in person. Yeah. Uh, well, I know we're coming up on, uh, on another break and everything, Marty, but I'm, I'll ask this last question. And then if Tim wants to interject anything, um, whenever you're working with these, these advisors, I'm making the assumption also that they, they're not, I know you guys are located in Michigan and everything, but, but you work with advisors and you'll get on a plane. It sounds like, and travel to California or Florida, or, I mean, is there, is there a limit on the location? No, there isn't. Um, there, it, it's just, we'll go wherever. 
Um, and as Stephanie said, that in-office immersion is just critical to the overall um, evaluation of the of the practice, um, because we can really get a good feel for for you know the the client experience, but also for the culture. Um, you can you know you there's there's some things just being in the business as long as we have. There's some things that uh, Carter, you'd be the same way. You walk in and you're like, oh, this this this. You know, you just know right away that there's just some things that you could fix and and would would change things immediately. So. Um, yeah, so it's a big part of it. So that's, you know, and, 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 you know, you talk about, especially in this day and age, like, you know, can we can we make this all a remote experience for everybody? And we just, you know, we talked about it and we just can't. It's just we've got to get in there. And um, because every practice is different, too. Right. So our, our recommendations have to be specific to that practice. Now that's really cool that you guys are going and seeing people in person. I think a lot of people, especially advisors, because I was an advisor, appreciate that hands on approach. And that is a huge, that's a huge service. Cause like you said, you can go into a restaurant and you see some dead flies in the window. The restaurant owner's got so much stuff going on in it. He's not seeing it, Yeah, but they're there. And it's just simple stuff like that. You're turning, turning away clients and you don't know it just cause you're in your world and you guys have a 30,000 foot view above that. So it's really good. You come in and give that perspective so they can succeed. So we'll take another break. And when we get back, we'll open it up to all questions, health related. We'll be right back. the absolute best for yourself and you want it to be easy that's why we created green 85 it helps with detoxifying the body gently we're proud it's chemical free unlike almost all other supplements you'll find bottom line green 85 will get you healthier we look forward to hearing what green 85 did for you To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Enrichers? Tim James here. I'm back with my co-host, Carter Wilcoxon. Today in the house, we've got Marty and Stephanie from Noble Co. They've been very noble to come on the podcast with us and share with us their insights and i think it's really cool what you guys are doing um i like the in-person stuff with the advisors holding their hands and taking them um you know it's kind of like the core training i'll give them a little plug they um they work with high-end mortgage and real estate people so back when i joined it was a couple thousand a month for coaching now it's like three thousand or something 3100 and they have different levels and tiers and stuff now but back then it was just two thousand a month that's it they had like 200 individuals but you had to do I think it was like you had to show them a w, uh, W-2 if you're a, a mortgage person, like 125000 a year. Otherwise, they wouldn't want to talk to you. So they would. They said, look, helping somebody from scratch is tough. But you have somebody that's already good, they would just come in and like tweak, 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 and then great. And just like business exploded. Double your income, double your time off was kind of their motto. And it sounds like you guys kind of do the same thing. You take people that are already kind of there, they're doing it, but – they're good at what they do, but they just need, they need the tweaks and those little tweaks are so important. You know, one, one degree off on your, you know, like if your plane takes off, you know, and then you switch it one degree, it's going to land in a completely different destination. That's what you're doing. You're changing the trajectory of these businesses. So I think that's really cool. And now we get to open it up to questions about health. So you guys can ask me anything about your own health, your kid's health, public health. It doesn't matter. Just anything in general. Love it, Tim. I, I do have some questions. I don't know. I've already, I'm so excited for this portion of it because I, I feel like I've got a lot. Um, I want to get your, your thoughts and your take on really what good sleep looks like. I mean, how many hours should we be getting and how do we actually prepare our bodies so that we can have good sleep? Because I find like I'm like waking up in the middle of the night all the time and doing stuff like what is what is sleep to you and your kind of world? Well, when you say waking up in the middle of the night, are you just waking up because you have ideas or do you have to go to the bathroom? Or Usually it's ideas. It's it's like ideas are moving or I'm, I've got thoughts that are racing through my head of like things that I've got yeah. going on and, you know, things like that. So, Well, everybody's a little bit different, but generally it's somewhere between that seven to nine hour window. Um, people that get really in tune with their bodies through meditation and, and work can get the hours down. Because it's not so much about the length of sleep, it's the quality of sleep. 
we have a national cri- another we have a real national crisis called shallow sleep syndrome it means people are sleeping eight hours but they wake up exhausted right that's what's happening many people w- w- are having this issue where they're waking up in the middle of the night many times just to pee um i think it's just because you're excited about life right so you're kind of high go 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 and your mind's just going so um i would guess but i don't want to guess so how often do you meditate um probably about four times a week four times a week okay yeah so, you know, some things for the A-type personality, the person out there that's go, 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 that's like in your situation, just to be more specific, I would say that it would it's more about the, the routine prior to bed, okay. right? Um, are you on your devices right before I, bed? I stopped using my devices because of that. And so I'm, I thought about, I was like, oh, maybe I could start journaling or something just to get some of those thoughts out ahead of time. But yeah, I did stop using them. Um, but I just still find myself, I'm like waking up all the time. And so certainly. Have you ever done heart. yoga before? I have. Yes. Okay. I do it. So yeah. Yoga is really I good. What about, what about infrared saunas? Never. Okay. So this is just cause I'm, I, I'm assuming you're probably pretty busy cause you mentioned you had four kids and you have a business and you're flying all over the United States and help people. So you probably would like some time hacks. So one thing that would be very good for you, <clears throat> I don't know if Carter's got his or not yet. You need to give yourself that Christmas gift. I know. Yeah. There's, a, there's a little, I've been a sauna dealer for nine years and you know, saunas are, they're freaking awesome. Like I could explain to you that they're great for you know losing weight, increasing circulation, detoxing, killing cancer cells. I mean, they do all kinds of stuff. And that was not me saying they kill our cancer cells because I'm not a doctor. I don't say that kind of stuff, but that was Dr. Coyne who did, you know, five years worth of research via the FDA that said that to Dr. Clement. He said, look, if you get people into an infrared sauna six days a week, it's much more effective than killing cancer cells than the hyperthermia treatment that we just studied for five years. So that's why at the Institute they had all over the place. So out of all the wooden saunas, I picked this one company. We've been selling them for a long time. I, they're still the best. Um, if you want to get a box, big wooden sauna, I still think Clearlight's the best because they have virtually no EMFs. Their panels are in the proper position for maximum detoxification. There's no glues for off-gassing. They have a lifetime warranty. However, for a lot of people, um, they're more expensive. Um, they weigh 600 pounds. They have to find a place to put them. A lot of times they have to uh, have an electrician come out and spend four, five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars wiring it up to handle the extra amperage. And, and they take, you know, 15, 20 minutes to warm up. You got to do it for 30 minutes and then you get out and you got to clean them and Okay, that's just the way it is. I did it for every day, 30 minutes for nine years. Amazing. What they'll do is they'll take you out of fight or flight mode and they'll put you into rest and digest mode. Don't, the, the easiest way I could relate this is, sauna, is this taking a sauna like this is doing hot yoga for 90 minutes. That's what I did. When I was a financial advisor, I was doing Bikram hot yoga at the end of the day because I was stressed out. And no matter what I did, I didn't have any other tools. This was the first tool I had. I just got my butt into that class. Even if I didn't want to go, I just got there. If I get there. And then as soon as I completed that 90 minutes, I was out of fight or flight mode and I was in rest and digest mode. And that was going to help me sleep. So this little sauna that I'm going to share with you, it's um, you can go to the healthy We've created a landing page for it. The healthy It's a third of the cost. It's three times more powerful than the unit I just told you. And literally in 15, 20 minutes, you just get into it. In one minute, you're, you're hot. You're, you, in eight to 10 minutes, you're sweating. And in 15 to 20 minutes, done. In fact, at the beginning, you're lucky to make it 10 minutes, this thing. I've worked my way up now. I can do 30 minutes. Um, but in, uh, a regular sauna is going to raise your core temperature about a degree to a degree and a half. This sucker is going to raise it 3.2 degrees in 25 minutes. It's unheard of. It's because of the technology in it. There is nothing like the technology. They actually broke a natural law. So for you... This is going to be phenomenal, not just for your overall health, but to help you sleep. Because two hacks that we do, number one is um, uh, uh, just tell people if they don't have, you know, just rinse, rinse off in water just before you go to bed. Just hop in hot, cold, doesn't matter. Just get in there, let water run over your body and get right back out. That will help calm the system and help you sleep. So with this one, you take a sauna and then you take the shower. It's double, right? Another thing you can do um, besides that is you can, uh, if you're turning off your blue lights, right, that dim the lights down, reading, doing that, more of that stuff, and do something not business, something that you enjoy, Um, knitting, playing guitar, um, artwork, 
something that's using a different part of your brain, right? Something that's relaxing where you don't have to think. And then um, a spunk mat is also really good. Are you guys familiar with those? Yeah, yes. Oh my God, that's rare that most people, the little acupressure mats, you can lay on those for 10, 15 minutes and those will help to give you like a little acupressure massage. Those will help you sleep. Also cracking your window at night is very important so you have fresh air. Um, if you don't have that, if, especially if you have carpet in your bedroom, then you need an air purification system in your room, at least in your room where you sleep because um, it's, it's off-gassing formaldehyde. And all. So as you can see, we can start stacking all kinds of stuff but I think in your situation, it's more stress. And so doing some type of yoga exercise before you go to bed, stretching and meditation, taking a sauna and doing that spunk mat between those things. I mean, that should knock, knock it out of the park for you. Love it. Thanks, Jim. You're welcome. Awesome. Thanks. All right, Marty. I want to continue this conversation a little bit because so I did hot yoga a few times and got every time I did it, got an unbelievable migraine from the hot yoga and lasted 24 hours. And so I've, I haven't gone back because I did it once and thought maybe it was something else and went back again and it happened again. So I never went back and, you know, I, I drink a lot of water. I'm well hydrated, you know, things like that. So, I mean, is that, it's just, can some people just not handle that kind of heat? And I mean, is that, well, everybody's body is different, and that's one thing that a lot of people don't understand is like this one-size-fits-all approach to medicine, like everybody should get jabbed, is it's completely insane. I mean, the whole thing doesn't even make sense. Every single person has different body composition, different stressors, different life events, different things they're exposed to where they're living, whether it's you know Flint, Michigan water or power lines you're living next to or the neighbors or, or there's a chemical factory next to you, or even if they're not, you know, it could be – could be somebody like this gentleman that was on the side of the Colorado Rocky Mountains that got really sick. They couldn't figure it out. And then one of the doctors like, maybe it's your water. He's like, no, I'm, I'm on the side of the Colorado Rockies. Like, come on. Well, it was fracking 200 miles away. That was disturbing all this stuff. And it was like shh, underwater aquifer up the side of the Rockies and he was poisoning himself. Right. So that's what it was. So as an intelligent system, that's what you are because you have a goal for your body and you have a sensor to sense how you feel. And obviously when you did, yoga you sense that i have headaches for 24 hours right so you were smart you're like um use my controller to not do that anymore so what i would suggest is number one let's literally look at are you hydrating properly because a lot of people say they drink a lot of water but what kind of water are you drinking are you drinking water that's out of plastic bottles are you drinking water that's um city tap water because if it is city tap water that water really needs to be not only purified but restructured because it's not going to absorb well you're going to drink, you can drink a lot of water. You can be the water queen, carry your water jug around like, uh, like Carter does now with his pink bottle. And, um, jug. and I fill, yeah, I fill up my pink bottle. That's right. It's glass. He's glass. using glass now. So, and you can do all, you can drink a lot of water, but you're just going to be peeing it out. And if you're drinking out of plastic, you're putting estrogen mimicking hormones in there that lead to breast cancer, ovarian cysts, uterine cysts, and a whole lot of other problems disrupting the hormonal balance that's already disrupted. It's really bad. Like if I do a class now and I have a bunch of women in there, how many women here have thyroid issues? Half their hands in the room go up today. So it's pretty severe. It's because of our environment, right? It's our environment. So that water's got to be, it's got to be clean, a purified water, and then it needs to be restructured if you're on city tap water because those high pressure pipes are literally making the molecules too big and they won't go through the intestinal line that well at all. So that would be number one. Number two is what I would recommend is, um, you know, when you go in to do hot yoga, um, obviously you own Noble Co. So that tells me you're A-type, hard-charging type gal. Do you you feel a little competition when you go in there to do all them poses and finish everything? Maybe. A little. <laughs> okay. So was there points in time in that class, especially in the beginning, where you were like, I just need to, I need to get out of here. I need to sit down. But you kept just pushing need to lay me down. Away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of times the ego is the, the, the worst thing to happen. I'm also a yoga instructor, so I can speak to this directly. So the whole purpose of yoga is for you to go in and have your experience in your journey. There might be somebody in the front of the room that's been doing Bikram hot yoga for 20 years and they can do all the poses and they look amazing and all that stuff. That's, that's great. You can model after them. But the bottom line is, is if you just get in the room and you lay down on the mat and take a nap for, for 90 minutes, that's fantastic. 
That's unbelievable because the habit of getting into that room is the, is the most important thing. So what I would suggest you do is get your hydration levels, make sure you're getting the real, really good water. And if you need help with that, you can go to mypurifiedwater.com and book a consult with our water gal, Danusha. But um, just go back into the class and do it again. But as soon as you find any inkling of um, you just need to take a break, you know, you can just lay down. You can just lay down uh, uh, in Savasana or you can just get on your hands and knees and just sit there, you know, and just chill out for a while and then resume when you want to do it. And don't push yourself so much. Just take it easy. And, and and love yourself and and then and just keep showing up and go about it gently and be gentle because I've talked to Navy SEALs that have went into hot yoga and they said that that Navy SEAL training was easier than hot yoga. They've said that. And you know why? He said because in Navy SEAL training we can't leave. We have to we can't leave. But in hot yoga you can get up and leave. Yeah. There's nobody forcing you to be there. And right. it's I've taken some, like I had a buddy of mine on my baseball team who was a bad, well, he wasn't on my team, but it's a similar, similar league and stuff like that. And this guy was a, a flat out stud, stud physically and his baseball career, just amazing what he could do. And he kind of let himself go. He got into the mortgage industry and gained a bunch of weight. And in his thirties, he was taking like a couple of prescription drugs. I'm like, Sam, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm like, you're 30 some years old, dude. So, and then I invited him to hot yoga. And then he did the yoga class, and afterwards he he comes up to me. He's like, "Dude, he goes, I had no idea how out of shape I was. That class kicked my ass. I mean, it killed me." And um, he got scared off and never came back again. But um, some people do. But some people do, right? So the whole point is, I think yoga is fantastic, especially if you're 35 or older. You need to stretch every single day. If you're not stretching, you're going to look like an old person. You're going to crinkle back up. You're going to get, you're going to lose height and all that stuff and things aren't going to work that good. And you're going to be more susceptible to injuries. And yoga is just a really good thing to keep the body moving, move that fascia, keep the organ systems moving. We're supposed to move. Movement is very important, especially today with the amount of chemical pollution we have. Movement moves your lymphatic system, which is your garbage, natural garbage removal system in the body. And it's so important to move every single day. And I think yoga is a really good thing. You might not need to, if you're listening, you might not need to do hot, Bikram yoga right out of the gate, but start off with yin yoga. It's a three to 10 minute stretching posture yoga. It's very passive. And I think, you know, there's all kinds, Hatha yoga, Vinyasa yoga, and of course, Bikram and, and Kundalini. There's all different types. Try them all out. Try different instructors because if you, the first one you go to, you might get some dolt of an instructor um, and that might sour you on the deal like it did for me. So just try a whole bunch of instructors, a whole bunch of different classes Find out the rhythm that you want. Maybe you just want to do Bikram yoga every day. Maybe you want to do Bikram once a week, and you do Kundalini once a week, and you do uh, Yin twice a week, and you find out your rhythm, and you get your instructors, and you can do all this from your home too. There's You don't need to go to a gym or a yoga studio to do it. There's a lot of people instructing online, and then you don't have to wear a mask either, which is really stupid um, at all in the first place, but uh, especially when you're trying to do breathing exercises or something like that or doing hot yoga, wearing a mask is just kind of makes no sense so Great, you guys have any other you. questions about health you know i i do want to uh take on something you said tim about um the flexibility because i think that's something i do a lot of pilates too and so do a lot of pilates mm -hmm. do a lot of yoga um but what about the spaces like where there's hypermobility, where potentially you're getting hurt for that so i think that because that's something that i've dealt with is hypermobility in my hips for a long time and having mm -hmm. four kids all these things that happen as a result of it um how do you balance like this need for flexibility and being flexible with sometimes being hypermobile that actually could cause injury yeah, well, that's actually a small niche, but there are people out there that have been doing um, yoga. Actually, one of the first people I met was um, my dentist. He was a holistic dentist for 30 years, and he did yoga pretty much every day. And he got he went from being completely inflexible to overflexible. Like, so he had that problem. So it's really simple. If you've done yoga, and then you go do weight resistance exercise, and then go back in and do yoga again, you'll notice how much you tighten up. Right. So it's that yin yang. Right. So not only are we supposed to be stretching, but out in nature, we would be lifting things and doing things. So, you know, you can do some basic movements like, you know, push ups and squats and um, and be very careful when I say the word deadlifts, because I, you know, one of my best friends growing up, 
totally a cool dude blew his back out when he's a freshman doing deadlifts and he was a basketball star that never got to be and he would have doing like 360 dunks and stuff when he was in eighth grade it was ridiculous but he blew himself out so um weight resistance exercise is a good way to do it and i i, I would recommend bands band using bands as well is very good for people to start and that will you know that kind of stuff will tighten you up awesome so do you do and do you do much uh, weight resistance exercise well with pilates you do but it's more body weight resistance Right. So you're doing quite a bit. So I'm with the yeah, so I would, using like yes. the reformers and things like that. Yeah. So Pilates, yeah, it's good, but it's also kind of in that stretching mode as well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would just do some like static type, uh, weight weights, like I said, squats and, and deadlifts and lat poles and chest press and curls and that kind of stuff. And it's kind of crazy because you don't see this a lot where you have to have people tighten themselves up. So you've, you've really got into, you've, you've, you've done, done the work so much so that you're super flexible now. So a little balance there. I think you'd be fine. Love it. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. Anything else, Marty? We good? I think we're good. All right. Back to you, Carter. Well, awesome. I, uh, I, I, I appreciate the two of you coming on today and everything. And, and Tim, I don't know if, uh, if you want to extend, one of the things I know that we do for a lot of our advisors where you'll do a, a coaching session. I mean, they obviously have a lot of advisors. So I know that we were talking about, um, you know, potentially you doing it. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'll you, speak to that. Yeah. So one thing we can do is a value add for you or for your clients. We could talk about this. I don't, depends on how much time availability I have or what your, how many clients you have, but um, we can do a class for you and all of your clients. Right, where you we could do some type of a health class, kick them off of the year, nutrition, give you kind of a value add that nobody else in your space is doing. Where we, we're helping on the health side, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much money you have, how great your practice is, if your health's in the toilet, what's it matter? Like it doesn't matter because I, I, I just saw a quote. Oh God, it's a great quote. I don't want to butcher it, so I'm going to pull it up and I'm going to read it to you guys because it's um, uh, it's pretty pretty awesome. Here we go. A healthy man wants a thousand things. A sick man only wants one. Confucius. <laughs> so there it is. So what we can do is we can do a class. We can do a live stream class. You guys could promote it, have people show up. We can do a class with a live Q&A, and then you guys could take that and use it and put it on your website, promote it, do whatever. And then I'd be willing to do that every once in a while for you do follow-ups it depends right. on the situation and all that where we do it annually quarterly or something like that i can do live classes like that and create some extra value for you thank you yeah i, I, I just wanted, i just wanted to talk about that simply because you know when you're talking about a stress-free environment right you know the whole purpose of the health and wealth podcast to start in the first place was really to help people understand the connectivity between health and wealth, right? And to Tim's point, and we've said this countless times on this show, that it doesn't matter how much money you have, right? It, it literally matters not if your health is no good. And, and I know that a lot of times what we promote to our advisors is, hey, your clients that are older generation, we'll do a show with them and come in and it gives them a value add additionally, because don't you want to have your clients, you know, be healthier and have longevity. And aren't we in the longevity industry in the first place between annuities and life insurance and all those things. So they're all interconnected, which is why whenever Tim and I first uh, started contemplating having this show, it just was, it was a perfect marriage. So that was why I was excited about having the two of you on Stephanie. I got a chance to meet you today for the first time. Very nice meeting you by the way. And uh, you know, Marty and I obviously have known each other in the, in our past lives and everything. So uh, I, I was super stoked to be, about being able to have the two of you on as guests today. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you yeah. Carter, I'll say this. I'll say this too, as we wrap up, um, because I was a business coach before I, I did this. I did that for a little bit of a stint and I was always coaching people. Even when I was in the mortgage industry, I had 21 real estate agents that I coached in groups of three and I helped train them on their profit and loss statement, personal budget, et cetera. And th- what I've noticed is that, um, I had one guy and I, cause I knew him and I said, Hey man, what's your, what, what's the most you've ever made in a month? He said 8,000. I said, well, Hey, why don't we set up a goal that you crack 10,000 before the end of our six month health coaching? And I never, I never bring up money when I'm health coaching. It's just all focused on health. Right. 
And by month two and a half, he'd hit 10,300. And one of the reasons why is because the body is the vehicle that is going to run your business, basically, right? So if I can show you, like literally, what we're looking at is on a cellular level, your cells are vibrating at a certain frequency. If I can show you how to increase that frequency, turn it up. Not only are you going to have more energy to make more calls, have better presentations, have better mental clarity, you are literally, literally raising the amount of electrons spinning in your cells, and you are going to become more attractive vibrationally to your clients. There's going to be something different about her, something special about him. I don't know, honey. We've met with five people, but I really like her. I think we should go with her. Something unique about her. So we went back and, and, and interviewed quite a few people that were either on commission-based or had their own companies. We noticed even though when I coached them on their health, we extrapolated out. Those people increased their incomes by about 21%. So it is pretty profound. So if you get some guys out there like, I don't want to help my health, blah, blah, blah. Let's say, hey, this guy will help increase their sales, their revenue by 21% in six months by getting healthier. Um, maybe we can help out their health by dangling a little um, – their little uh, money greedy carrot in front of them. <laughs> so whatever we can do to get them healthy. So I just yeah. want to leave with them. Yeah. yeah, I love it. There, there you go. Um, well, hey, and Richards, thank you so much for joining us for another Health and Wealth podcast show. Uh, and if you want to be able to go back and see all of the previous guests that we've had on the show, make sure to check out www.thehealthandwealthpodcastshow.com uh, for all of our previous podcasts. You can also get us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Podbean, wherever you get your podcast. For my great, amazing, fantastic co-host, Mr. Chemical Free Body himself, I'm Carter Wilcoxon, CEO and founder of CSI Financial Group and co-founder of Epic Services Company. Martin McLeish and Stephanie Murphy of Novoco.com, thank you so much for being our guest today. I want everybody out there to have a, a fantastic rest of your week and an abundant as well. So thank you all so much for joining us. Until next time, make sure to tune in, share, like, and subscribe to www.thehealthandwealthpodcastshow.com. Everybody have a great day. Stephanie, Marty, thank you again for joining us. Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks so much. Hey, Enrichers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Carter Wilcoxon. And I'm your host, Tim James. And by God... We are committed to helping you guys have fat wallets, flat bellies. So tune in again for another episode and make sure to like, share, and drink a lot of water. Or beer. You have just listened to the Health and Wealth Podcast with Carter and Tim. Carter and Tim.